Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. First and foremost, if you're listening to this on the Tuesday that this came out, I want to say happy Valentine's Day. I don't know if you celebrate Valentine's Day in your family. Um, I know in our family, it's one of my favorite holidays because it is when the boys cook the girls dinner. So probably eight or nine years ago, I told Jim that all I want for Valentine's Day is not to cook and not to clean up. And he said, done. (laughs) And so he took the boys to the grocery store and bought all these ingredients and cooked an amazing meal. And fast forward eight or nine years later, I can't even remember when we started it now. Um, We have been doing it every single year. The girls get all dressed up. We do our hair. We do our nails. uh, We put on dresses. The boys, they put on, you know, well, Jim puts on like a sports coat, uh, but a lot of times the boys, the younger boys will put on a nice shirt and a tie and they will serve us a meal and it is just so much fun. It's usually a four course meal. The boys always try to outdo themselves from the year prior. So our meals are pretty fancy and probably can, you know, hold their own against any meal at a nice restaurant in our area. So again, it's a, it's a fun time. It teaches my boys, you know, how to cook, which I'm all a fan of. It teaches them how to be kind to girls. And, um, afterwards, sometimes we'll do dancing. I can't say we did it the last two years because now that my boys are older, they want nothing to do with it. Um, but The girls and I will still dance and Jim will dance with the girls and it's just such a sweet memory and one that we really enjoy. So if you do not have plans, if you are trying to think of something to do, I know it may be last minute, but if you want to steal our family tradition, please do. I highly, highly recommend it and it's a lot of fun. For today's podcast though, we are going to talk all about chocolate. And so it's not going to be a very long podcast because I'm just going to get in there and give you all the details, give you what you need to know. Um, It's going to be a lot of information today, but um, I think it's going to be really helpful. So I'm going to talk all about chocolate, like where did it come from, um, just the different parts of the plant and the benefits of it. We'll go into, you know, answering that question, is chocolate really healthy? I mean, we see it all the time on social media or commercials or magazines or wherever we get our information like, oh, eat dark chocolate. It's so healthy for us. Is that even true? (laughs) 
And how much dark chocolate should we be eating or how much chocolate um, can we consume? And are we even in the ballpark or are we exceeding that? So we're going to answer all those questions today. And then I want to give you just a couple recommendations of things you can do to make sure that when you are consuming chocolate, you're doing it in a healthy way, one that you can feel really good about, but also really enjoy the flavor because let's be honest, Most of us are not eating dark chocolate or eating chocolate for that matter because of the health benefits. We're eating it because it tastes delicious. All right. So let's just be honest about that. And um, let's just have an honest conversation right now. So chocolate actually comes from the seeds of the cacao pod, which grows on the cacao tree. That's no big surprise right there. Um, It was originally cultivated by the Almecs and the Maya people about 2,500 years ago. So this has been around for a long, long time. Um, The Mayas were experienced cacao bean farmers, and they used to grind them up for a hot beverage, right? Who doesn't like hot chocolate? The Aztecs later continued the love of chocolate, Um, And then really it was around the 1500s where the Spanish discovered the drink and then they are the ones attributed to passing it around the world. So yeah, hot chocolate, who knew? That's where it originated. There's actually three main varieties of the cacao bean. There's the Criollo from Latin America, the Forastero from Africa, and the Trinitario from the Caribbean. The Forastero accounts for about 90% of all cacao beans. So there's your fun fact of the day. You can go ahead and tell somebody else that the Forastero makes about 90% of all cacao beans, while the other two make up the remaining 10%. All right, so there's your geography lesson. Now let's get into, you know, talking about the different parts of the bean and how it's processed and which parts are healthy for you. All right, so we know that the purer and the darker the chocolate, the greater the health benefits, all right? Raw chocolate um, or minimally processed dark chocolate is high in cocoa solids. And the cocoa solids are what are healthier than, say, milk chocolate and white chocolate. Dark chocolate has anywhere from 50 to 90% cocoa solids, while milk chocolate only has about 10 to 30%, white chocolate is just pure cocoa butter, and it really doesn't offer any health benefits. So if you're trying to choose the healthiest version, I want you to go towards the dark chocolate. That's going to be your best bet because it has more cocoa solids. All right. So let's start talking about how chocolate is processed. So I told you that we start with the cacao bean right? And so if we take raw cacao nibs and we crush them, you know, we crushed the cacao beans and we get these what we call raw cacao nibs. When we grind them up, we get cocoa paste. Now, some people also call this cocoa liquor, all right? So we have cacao beans and when we crush them, we get raw cacao nibs, all right? And when we grind them, we get cocoa paste. All right, you following me? Cocoa solids are what you get once you remove the cocoa fat or cocoa butter. All right, 
So that's what we're looking for here, the cocoa solids. When you dry cocoa solids, you get cocoa powder. All right. So to get the most health benefits from chocolate, you need to eat more of the cocoa solids, which again is found more prevalent in dark chocolate. Now, what is so important about these cocoa solids? Well, they contain minerals, they contain antioxidants, and they contain flavonoids. So let's go through all three of these things. In terms of minerals, dark chocolate can offer us a good mix of magnesium, zinc, iron, phosphorus, and copper. In terms of antioxidants, um, the cocoa solids are very rich in anthocyanins and phenolytic acids. Now, what are antioxidants? Any process in your body that uses oxygen will create what we call free radicals, which are basically unpaired electrons that are just bouncing all around your body like a ball, like a pinball, all right? Now these unpaired electrons, they can cause some problems. They're troublemakers. And so what antioxidants do is they bind to these free radicals and they safely remove them through your body. And that can help decrease inflammation. It can help decrease risk of cancer. And so antioxidants are a pretty big deal. We like them. We get them through our food. A lot of times they're found in things like fruits and vegetables. And so we need to have a lot of antioxidants in our diets. Flavonoids are believed to improve heart function and blood flow. Okay, so now we're talking about benefits like uh, protecting us against heart disease, stroke, things like that. Okay, there's actually um, some scientists believe that flavonoids can benefit the tiny blood vessels in the brain. And they're literally studying this right now where they're taking cocoa supplements to see if it can prevent cognitive decline in older adults. So we're talking short-term memory, focus, and overall brain function. That study's still going, right, going on right now, so I don't have the results of it quite yet, but it's pretty exciting stuff. So when we talk about these cocoa solids, again, there's tons of minerals in here, there's antioxidants, there's flavonoids. Uh, one flavonoid in particular is called epicatechin. Um, epicatechin is known to be a, um, a player in the release of nitric oxide in your body. Why is that important? Well, nitric oxide is a vasodilator. So basically what it means is it opens up your blood vessels so blood can flow through more easily. This is really helpful when it comes to um, sports and athletic performance because when you can allow blood to flow more easily through your, your arteries and your veins, um, it means you're oxygenating uh, your muscles more easily which more oxygen to your muscles means greater performance. So again, there's more studies going on right now in terms of can chocolate benefit athletes. So pretty exciting stuff. So again, we've got protecting ourselves from inflammation. We've got brain function, boosting our immunity, our cardiovascular health, our athletic performance. So it does appear that dark chocolate really is beneficial to our body. Now, I do need to talk a little bit about some of the potential risks 
okay? Because yes, there are some great things, but we all know that the name of the game when it comes to our diet is moderation. Just because there's a few good things doesn't mean we need to do it in excess because there can be problems and I want to go through them right now. First of all, let's just throw it out there, weight gain, all right? Let's be honest. Most commercial chocolates out there have added fat, have added sugar, added calories, and you all know we're not eating small amounts of chocolate every once in a while. For some of us, chocolate is a daily experience. And so if we eat chocolate in excess, it is going to lead to more calories in our diet, which can lead to weight gain. All right. And obviously, we all know this too, weight gain can lead to some other comorbidities like hypertension, high cholesterol, and diabetes. So this, again, is one of those things where a little bit may be great and a lot may not be. Okay, so we do have to talk about balance and moderation, and we'll go into that when we talk about recommendations. Uh, Another thing we do have to be careful of is tooth decay. Remember, the high sugar content in chocolate can erode our teeth. And so I want to make all the dentists out there very happy with me by reminding you that we do have to be careful um, and make sure you're brushing your teeth after you consume the chocolate. Now, another potential risk is migraine risk. Um, The research is a little mixed out there right now in terms of what I could find. Um, But some people do experience an increase in migraines when they eat chocolate regularly. Um, This is due to the cocoa's tyramine, histamine, and phenylalanine content. So just be observant if you suffer from migraines start to notice any patterns or trends that when you eat chocolate, if there's a correlation between when you get migraines or not. Again, not necessarily true for every person, but um, true and enough that there is a connection. So just want to make sure I, I mention that. And then the other thing is heavy metals. So some cocoa powders and some chocolate bars and cacao nibs, they may contain high levels of cadmium and lead which are toxic to the kidneys, bones, and other body tissues. So again, um, we want to make sure that we're staying within the recommendations. It can be consumed for health benefits. It can be consumed for pleasure. um, But we do want to stay within the recommended amounts so we can protect our body. All right. So let's jump into those recommendations. What does that look like? All right. So I got for you because I always want to make sure I'm being generous with my tips on this podcast. I don't want you ever thinking that I wish you would have told us more about how to do this. This is the fun part, guys, right? We learn the science, we learn the education, but now comes the practical application part. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Okay. So step one is always try to choose Um, dark chocolate that's at least 70% cacao. All right. Again, the higher the level of those cocoa solids, the, um, the more pure the chocolate is, the less processed the chocolate is, the more health benefits there are. So we want to choose at least 70%. So when you're at the grocery store, it'll say it right there on the front of the label, what percentage of cacao is in there, you want at least 70%. All right. 
in terms of serving size and frequency. Number two, the recommendation is one ounce of dark chocolate no more than three times a week. Let me just let that sink in for a little bit. <laughs> and I'll repeat it. One ounce of dark chocolate no more than three times a week. All right, that's considered safe where you receive the health benefits, but none of the risks. All right, so I'm not sure where you fall. You know, is are you doing the dark chocolate? Are you above that frequency? Are you a eat chocolate every day type of person? Or is it truly more of a every once in a while? And when you do eat it, you can keep it within that one ounce serving size. All right, number three. Add nuts when you can. All right. So again, one of the um, not so great things about chocolate, especially if you're doing a milk chocolate, is the high sugar content. And so we always want to balance that out with some protein and fat when we can. And nuts are the perfect food to do that. Remember, anytime you can add fiber and protein to a meal that's higher in carbs, it's going to keep your blood sugars more stabilized. Um, it's also going to help you feel fuller. And so these are the reasons why, if we have the option, we want to choose that dark chocolate with nuts. Number four, there are some healthy alternatives to milk chocolate, if that is not your favorite. So carob, if you've ever heard of that before, it's a pod that comes from trees in the Mediterranean. And the pulp of, is, of the carob is ground into a powder, and it tastes very similar to cocoa powder. It's low in fat, it's high in fiber, and it comes without the caffeine that chocolate has. So if you like chocolate, um, but don't want to eat it because of the caffeine factor, you may try carob. All right. Another healthy alternative is just plain cacao nibs, right? Cacao nibs are those cocoa beans that are broken up and not as processed. So you can feel free to grind these up and use them to bake like cocoa powder, or you can mix them into things like yogurt or trail mix. They're high in fiber and they give you um, some antioxidants. So again, there's some health benefits to that. And then finally, um, another option, again, if you're trying to look to decrease your sugar and fat intake, but still enjoy the flavor, is just to do plain cocoa powder, right? If you like that chocolate flavor, just add plain cocoa to either some low-fat milk or into your oatmeal in the morning, and you can still get the flavor, but without all the extra sugar and fat. All right, so there are some options there. And then my last tip is, if you are gonna eat chocolate, please savor it. Um, I've been experimenting with my own diet the past couple weeks, and eating some chocolate a couple times a week. And when I do this, I have a couple rules. Number one, I have to be alone. Like if I'm going to eat this chocolate, I want to experience every single flavor that I can on my taste buds. And I do not want my family ruining this experience for me. And so if I eat it, I have to go find a room in my house where there is nobody in it. And then I stick it in my mouth and I close my eyes. I don't let myself chew it. 
Like I literally just let it melt in my mouth and I try to prolong the experience as long as possible and enjoy the experience. Too often in the past when I would eat chocolate, a lot of times it was because I was agitated or annoyed or bored or stressed or something like that. And I would just shove it in my mouth and I wouldn't even remember eating it. I wouldn't even remember tasting it. And so, of course, then I want to do over because I didn't even get the experience I was looking for. So now when I eat chocolate, I'm just very, very intentional. All right. And it's amazing when you're present and in the moment and enjoying your experience and nobody is ruining it for you, (laughs) meaning your family members. It's amazing how satisfying that experience can be. And then you find you're good. You don't need more to satisfy you because you were literally present and enjoying the moment the whole entire time. So that's going to be my recommendation to you. If you are going to eat it, I want you to be present and experience it, right? Go find a place to hide. And more times than not, that's my bathroom. (laughs) And just sit there and enjoy the experience, savor it, and then move on. All right. Okay, guys, I've got to give you your recipe. So this is actually a chocolate chip cookie pie. All right. And so for this recipe, you're going to need some Pam cooking spray. You need two cups of white navy beans rinsed and drained from the can. One cup of oats. You can use the quick oats or rolled oats. A half a cup of unsweetened applesauce, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, a half a teaspoon of baking soda, one and a half teaspoons of baking powder, a half a cup of pitted dates, one cup of dark chocolate chips. We're going to use them two different places, so um, just a heads up on that. And a half a teaspoon of coarse sea salt. That's optional if you'd like. All right, so this is a healthy recipe, guys, but it's also delicious. So go ahead and preheat your oven to 350 degrees and grease a pie pan with your cooking spray. Uh, Alternatively, alternatively, geez, that came out wrong. Alternatively, you can use a spring foam, a spring form pan. Man, let me try that again. You can alternatively use a springform pan. Um, I just usually use a pie plate. It works great. All right. Next, you're going to combine your beans, oats, applesauce, vanilla, baking soda, baking powder, and dates in a food processor. So literally dump everything in the food processor except the chocolate chips and the sea salt. And you're going to blend that until it's smooth in your food processor. Once that's done, go ahead and with a spoon, stir in three quarters of the chocolate chips. Okay, so dump everything in a bowl, just how I like doing it, process it, and then go ahead and stir in three quarter uh, cup of the chocolate chips. Go ahead and transfer that cookie batter to your pan, spread it in an even layer, and sprinkle the remaining chocolate chips on top. And then you're going to bake that for 35 minutes. Go ahead, remove it from the oven. Uh, Option, you can sprinkle that sea salt on top or not. Let cool before serving. And that's it. That is your quick 
um, quick to create. It's going to take about, well, like I said, till you have your cooking time in there for 35 minutes, takes 10 minutes to pull together. It's about 45 minutes, but it is quick to prepare, delicious. It gets you that dark chocolate chips. Uh, the recipe is not high in, in sugar. You got the fiber from the beans. You got fiber from the oats. You got protein from the beans. And I'm excited for you to try it and let me know what you think. All right, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. And um, we'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.